You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. And every week we come to you bringing you the best in healthcare information and news, the kinds of things that doctors talk about in doctor's lounges all across the country. The uh, information that we provide to you will make you a better consumer of healthcare and give you the ammunition that you need so that you can fight for your rights as a patient and fight for your uh, healthcare freedom as the Doctors, Docs for Patient Care Foundation always does, and that's who brings this show to you each week. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country, and we are all about the doctor-patient relationship and fighting for healthcare freedom for all Americans. So go to our website, www the number four pcfoundation.org and please contribute generously so that we can continue to bring you this high quality show and the work that we're doing outside of the show which really depends on your support one thing that I wanted to share with you that I'll be uh, bringing up um, again in the next uh, couple of shows will be our annual direct primary care conference in Orlando, Florida. Um, This will be our fourth annual one, and it will be November 14th to the 16th, and it is the premier direct primary care conference in the U.S. Tickets are going to be going on sale in uh, early June, so please go to our website and keep an eye out for the release. This is something that sells out very quickly. There are a, sh- a small number of tickets that are um, uh, going to be tuition-free tickets for first-time uh, attendees. And so uh, if you are a physician, especially one who is interested in direct primary care, uh, this is the conference that you must be at to uh, find out what you need to do to get uh, your practice uh, set up for direct primary care. If you are, are already doing direct primary care and you've never been to this conference, this is the one that you want to go to so that all of the experts in this field will be uh, uh, there to help you with problems that you might be facing in your practices. So everybody who is anybody in direct primary care, the, f- the founders of this movement are all involved in this conference, and you want to be there. So uh, stay, uh, stay tuned, uh, check the website, and uh, be prepared to come. And vendors who are um, hearing this podcast and who uh, – or if you know somebody who is uh, a vendor for – services that direct primary care doctors would be interested in, um, this is your opportunity also to become a sponsor for the for this conference, and those opportunities also sell out very quickly. So please uh, 
um, uh, act quickly and uh, don't don't uh, don't procrastinate because uh, if you want to be part of this, um, this is this is uh, time to plan for it and and uh, make arrangements. I have been on vacation. I have uh, uh, recharged my battery a bit. Been reading a lot about some of the things that uh, are happening in healthcare. Some of the shows that I uh, did leading up to vacation were really um, fairly. Um, there, there were there were downer shows really because I was uh, highlighting some of the real um, uh, serious concerns facing healthcare, primarily the single payer healthcare movement, and. Uh, I uh, listened to the shows again just to refresh my memory of the things I talked about, and I must admit that some of the things that uh, I was talking about really could get somebody fairly depressed, and I was hoping to be able to uh, change the the tenor of um, the uh, show today by talking a little bit about some upbeat and promising things in healthcare, and and some of the things that I wanted to discuss were going to be some of the uh, Trump administration moves to um, uh, tr- try to help consumers, patients, with the high cost of healthcare, specifically uh, efforts at. Um, Price transparency in healthcare um, services and surprise medical billing, which I'll um, explain to people who might not be familiar with that. But every every good intention is is uh, thwarted by the the under under the the backstory and the backstory to these um, good plans are almost as sinister as uh, the problems themselves. And so my intent to be upbeat may not be quite um, as uh, as uh, uh, expected on my part, and we'll get into that a little bit. Um, so let's, let's start today by talking about the high cost of health care. Again, this is something that everybody is talking about, and you know what the um, the two uh, competing uh, uh, th- uh, views are, the thoughts are on trying to uh, uh, get the arms wrapped around health care. The Democrats are campaigning on single payer health care, uh, socialized health care. Um, Medicare for all. I've spent a number of shows talking about this. I won't belabor this today. The Republicans are trying to um, create opportunities by um, taking away some of the bad parts of Obamacare. They're allowing uh, people to get short-term health care insurance, plans that would be um, apropos for individuals instead of a one-size-fits-all health care plan. They're allowing states to innovate and submit plans to um, uh, rework their Medicare or Medicaid programs with waivers. Um, at, at, the, at the end of the day, 
a, a uh, statement I hate. Ultimately, what is happening is that there are fewer options with regard to health care. Um, there are the, the Obamacare uh, exchanges are, uh, are really not, not, they're very limited in the options that patients have to get their health care. Uh, there are uh, businesses that are self-insuring, and in order to cut costs, they are using um, insurers as third-party administrators for their health care plans. And in order to keep those costs down, they are the insurers are creating these narrow networks so that they can um, have... Uh, Less options, less expensive options, and um, and uh, that means less choices for patients. And the reason why insurers go to narrow networks is because they are maximizing their profits. And again, we have talked for years about the insurance companies, and the insurance companies are really uh, um, the the uh, one of the main. Um, culprits in the high cost of health care. I've talked about insurance companies. I've talked about pharmaceutical companies. I've talked about hospitals. These are the uh, special interests that are keeping health care costs up. Well, there is outrage right now. In the health care um, uh, costs are escalating all Americans are feeling it. Their co-pays are going up. Their deductibles are going up. And there needs to be solutions. And the political party that can come up with the best solutions is going to come out on top in the 2020 election. And and uh, both parties are claiming to be the party of health care. And uh, it remains to be seen what these solutions are going to be. So the Trump administration has been working at trying to um, work with Congress, give Congress some direction about what they want them to do. Um, and, uh, and Trump has said that he will sign anything that's reasonable that comes out of Congress that will accomplish what his goals are. His goals are to, right now, make drugs more affordable, make the um, cost out-of-pocket to Americans um, less of a burden, and to uh, give uh, people more flexibility, more accessibility to insurance. The um, House of Representatives has uh, raised um, concerns about this. So so is the Senate. They're all talking about this. They're trying to work in, believe it or not, a bipartisan way so that they can come up with a plan that will uh, help to um, to accomplish these goals. The um, House Energy Committee is charged with this. They are the Committee of Jurisdiction regarding uh, health care, and they have um, uh, worked out what's called the No Surprises Act for specialty, uh, for a surprise billing. 
At the same time, the Senate has worked on their version of of a bill to uh, reduce surprise billing, and the two bills are are relatively far apart. There's a lot of work that needs to be done and a lot of problems that need to be discussed so that you understand what it is that they're actually talking about. So let's talk about surprise medical billing. What is surprise medical billing? So most of the time, this refers to emergency emergency care. You go to the hospital. You have a, a massive uh, stomach ache, and uh, it turns out to be you know, your appendix, and you need an emergency operation, and the ambulance takes you to the hospital, and hopefully your hospital is in the network for your insurance company. Now, they may or may not be. Let's just assume that they are. Um, if they're in the network for your insurance and you get an operation, the people who are doing the operation may be hospital-employed doctors. They may be doctors who are on call who are not in the network for your insurance company. The same can be said about the person who is doing the x-rays, the radiologist, the pathologist who is looking at the specimen that the surgeon took out, and the emergency room doctor who saw you in the first place. So we're going to take a break right now, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to say again about about surprise billing so that you understand what this is, and then I'm going to try to um, explain what the problems surrounding this are and what the proposed fixes are by government. So stay with us. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
So we're back in the doctor's lounge, and we're talking today about some of the problems that the Trump administration is trying to take on, one of which is surprise medical billing. So I was talking about the patient who winds up in the emergency room with severe abdominal pain, winds up having appendicitis, gets his appendix removed. So let's make some assumptions. So the patient has insurance, and the hospital is in their network, which is good, so that the insurance will um, cover the hospital where they're being operated on. And so there's a negotiated rate. And so when you get a bill from the hospital, it is significantly discounted because of the contractual relationship that the hospital has with your insurer. So you're responsible for your copay, for your deductible, and so let's just go from there. So we'll make a couple of other assumptions. The surgeon who operated on you, who is one of the main surgeons in the hospital, is on your network also. And so they too have a contracted rate with your insurer. So they've agreed to take a certain amount of money for the procedure that they did on you, the appendectomy. And so again, copay, if you've not met your deductible, you'll pay your deductible. Um, let's and the emergency room doctor will make the assumption that they too are part of the network. The hospital employs them and so they are part of the network. But let's let's make let's let's talk about some outliers now. So let's just say that the pathologist who is um, is um, employed by the hospital is not in the network for one reason or another. The and and this is a, a real possibility. They may not be in the network, and the the pathologist gets the the um, the pathology specimen from the appendix from the operating room and looks at it microscopically, writes a report, and this is all important to make sure all is, is good and there are no surprises, no cancer in the appendix. But they submit a bill and they're not in the network. And that bill can be for a tremendous amount of money, but you thought that, well, gosh, I'm having all of these procedures in the hospital and and everything is covered, and then all of a sudden you get a bill from the pathologist. And you wonder, well, why is that? That's a surprise medical bill. And that's because that doctor was not in the network. They are not included in the global services that you've received from that encounter in the hospital. And the same can be said for the radiologist or if your surgeon needed to call in somebody. Let's say that you have a problem with um, with your heart and you're on a, a blood thinner and they needed to get somebody from cardiology or um, hematology to come in and 
evaluate you before they took you to the operating room to make sure that you're not going to bleed to death, that that problem was taken care of before you went to the operating room. And if that person is not in your network but is on call for the emergency room that night and the emergency room doctor and the surgeon are dependent on the services of that doctor to take care of you, they'll come in and they'll take they'll they're they're on call, they're obligated to take care of you, but they are not necessarily in your network and they can also generate a bill, a charge that is not included in the global service that you received, and you'll get another a bill from them as well. And that's what the whole issue about surprise medical billing is all about. So this is something that is a shocker to a lot of people because you go in, you think that you've got insurance and it's covered, and then all of a sudden you wind up getting medical bills that you don't understand and good luck first of all trying to get it sorted out and getting somebody to explain it to you but this is really what that whole issue is all about so why does this occur in the first place well it occurs because your insurance company are basically they're they're uh, thieves they they are they're they're trying to maximize their profits. So how do they maximize their profits? They maximize their profits by keeping their networks really narrow, narrow networks. You'll hear that term. Narrow networks allows these insurance companies to negotiate cut rate fees with some providers They may not be the best doctors in the area, but they're the ones who, in in many cases, may be the most desperate, the ones who will be willing to take whatever the insurance company is willing to pay them. And, And many doctors don't have leverage, and they have to take that fee from the insurance companies. Otherwise, they're not going to have access to patients. So they are caught between a rock and a hard place, and the insurer holds all the cards in this case. And so having these narrow networks enables the insurers to pay the least amount of money for services. There's no um, guarantee of quality involved in this, and anybody outside of that network is considered an out-of-network provider. And so when you go to your doctor, for example, and you want to, you need something done by a specialist, and the doctor um, says, well, we'll have to refer you to a specialist, your plan may either require pre-approval or you can go to see the specialist And you have to determine the burden is on you whether or not you find out whether the specialist is in-network or not. And if they're in-network, no problem. If they're out-of-network, then you need to either decide that you're willing to pay a fee out-of-network or you can petition the insurance company to cover it if it's something that they will not cover. And so this is where the whole Um, issue of denial of coverage or denial of care comes in. So 
when you're dealing with emergency situations, this is just absolutely impractical. There's no such thing as being able to do your homework and check. But in elective surgeries, elective situations, whether it's surgery or medical care and you're at your doctor and they want to send you someplace, that gives you an opportunity to determine whether or not a doctor is in your network or not. And so there is really a opportunity for a lot of people to shop when they are trying to um, decide what insurance they want to get and look at the network of doctors that an insurance company has. And most insurance companies um, have to publish that data who is in their network. And if you don't see your doctor in there you may, or your hospital, the hospital that you want to go to, that you like going to or that's near your house, um, if they're not on your plan, then you may decide, well, that's not the plan for me. Now, a lot of people don't have a choice. They have to take a certain plan because their employer has made the decision for them that that's going to be the plan they go with. And why does the ins- the employer make that decision? Well, again, to save money because um, health care costs are the second um, uh, largest expense on the uh, ledger for most businesses after um, after um, salaries and benefits and this is separate from other benefits but this is um, you know it's a huge burden for employers and it's getting worse every day and so the employers make this decision sometimes you have no choice who your um, insurer is going to be because there may not be very many options in the area that you live. Um, if you are trying to get private insurance and um, you don't have an employer to get that through um, prior to the Trump administration making it a little bit easier to get these short-term plans, there were very few options outside of the Obamacare exchanges. And even on the Obamacare exchanges, there were very few options. So there there is you know in many cases not the same opportunity to go shopping for health care as let's say for a car where you can go and pick out one of 50 different um uh, makes of cars and different makes you can choose different models in healthcare there may be one or two choices Sometimes one and and sometimes none if your employer has made that decision for you. So sometimes you can't you can't you don't have the luxury of shopping like you can in the open free market because as we've come to learn, healthcare is not part of the open free market. And so um, we we are dealing with these narrow networks and uh, many times patients either get stuck with a surprise bill or they get denied by the insurance companies. And in either way, in either case, both of these are ways that the insurance company controls patients and they maximize their profits. And they basically shift the burden away from them onto doctors and onto patients. And so I'm going to walk you through where this is going um, in the next segment, so stay with us. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back in the Doctor's Lounge. We are talking today about surprise medical billing and what that means and uh, what this practice is all about and what's being proposed to try to stop it. Um, Once again, a reminder about the Direct Primary Care Conference in Orlando, Florida, November 14th to 16th. Excuse me, the 16th. Check our website, www.d4pcfoundation.org, and read about it. This is the fourth annual conference, and it is the most important direct primary care conference in the country. And I say that in all sincerity and no hyperbole. It truly is. You'll want to be there. So we're talking about direct about uh, surprise billing, and um, and the practice of surprise billing goes hand in hand with um, price transparency. Um, and I'm reminded before I proceed that that we are um, doing podcasts on Facebook now, and you can submit questions on Facebook, and we're monitoring this, and I'm happy to answer those questions. Um, We will try to publicize this more um, in weeks to come so that you'll be able to uh, know about the shows and be prepared to ask questions, listen and ask questions, and we really want you uh, to uh, interact and engage. So so please, uh, uh, if you're listening live and have a question, go to uh, America's Web Radio on Facebook and, uh, and, and, uh, and um, participate. So the practice, as I said, of surprise billing goes hand-in-hand hand with price transparency. If there's price transparency, then there is going to be no surprises. Healthcare is so darn expensive, and it's because it is opaque, and it's because mostly 
because hospitals have jacked up prices far beyond what is reasonable. And um, and there's a lot of reasons why healthcare is so expensive. Drug prices, very expensive. The... Um, uh, the um, third-party payers um, are making health care expensive because doctors um, are, are develop these charge masters which have fees on there that are way higher than doctors actually expect to get paid because if they are too low, then the third parties will not um, pay them accordingly. They'll ratchet down the reimbursement that the third parties are paying to doctors. So doctors artificially um, inflate their charges so that they will get paid a reasonable amount of money for the services that they are they are providing. And the whole process is just so backwards and so wrong. And it's the third-party payers and it's the government that have really just perverted this whole system and made health care way more expensive than it really is because the prices are, are they have absolutely no relationship to the service that's being provided. A, a case in point is that you can do a procedure in a certain specialty that requires no time at all, but because there were some special interests involved to negotiate what the work-related um, uh, equivalent for that pr- pro- procedure would be, the insurers will reimburse money for that procedure, which may be far, far, far greater than a operation that takes many, many hours and many, many weeks of follow-up, which is included in the surgery charge. So there's no rhyme or reason for the time, the, the, the effort, and the subsequent care that's involved in the cost of the of the um, procedures that are are being done, and and it's it's a a system that needs to be revamped. But the hospital is the eight hundred pound gorilla here, and the fall guys in fixing this are going to be independent doctors. So let me explain to you what's happening. What's happening right now is there are efforts at the state level and the federal level to try to get rid of surprise medical billing. Now, the, um, the, the help committee in the Senate has looked at a five-point um, plan to try to get health care under control. And there are five, five different sections to this plan beginning with ending surprise medical billing. It also includes reducing the prices of prescription drugs, improving price transparency in health care, um, improving public health, and then finally um, improving health care information exchange. So we're going to just concentrate on surprise medical billing right now. So what they're 
saying is that they want to eliminate surprise medical billing. So how do you eliminate surprise medical bills? Well, you get rid of the ability for doctors to be able to charge for the um, services that they provide. So what they would like to see happen is if a patient goes to a hospital that the care that they get is all-inclusive and there, there will be one bill, it will be the hospital bill, and then it's up to the hospital to reconcile the different charges involved. And the hospital can either pay it, pay the people involved in the episodes of care, or they can parcel it out to the insurance company, but the patients are not involved. So let me explain that. Let me give you an example. So again, the man with appendicitis gets his care. He is he has his appendix taken out. The um, in, in this example, I'm going to tell you that the surgeon who did this operation was not part of the plan. He was on call for the hospital that day, and because he was on call, he was obligated to see the patients that came through the emergency room. Now, he's on many plans, but maybe he wasn't on your plan. And so he did the operation, and he submits his, his bill to the insurance company as an out-of-network doctor. The insurance company denies it because he's out-of-network, and then because he did not get paid, he sends you the bill because... He's got to get paid. He did the work. He saved your life. He did an emergency appendectomy, which was ready to rupture. Now, you don't have a beef with the surgeon. The surgeon actually is a good guy. He, You like him. He was great. He did a great job for you. He, he um, was there for you when you needed him. He gave you timely care. You saw him back in his office. You may have had a little bit of a wound problem. He took great care of it, and it all got better, and you're 100%. But nobody paid him. The insurance company didn't pay him. Somebody's got to pay him. So you get pay, you get sent a surprise bill because your, ins- your insurance company is screwing you, not the doctor. So what they're trying to say in Washington is that, well, gosh, it's not fair for patients to get the bill because they've got insurance. Why are they getting a bill? And so what the what the, the Senate and the House and state legislatures are trying to do is basically put out of business private practice medicine. That's what the end result of all of this is all about because they want to see everybody under one roof. They want to see everybody being controlled by the hospital. Well, that's, 
you know, not going to happen. It may, which would be a very bad thing for everybody if private practice medicine disappeared. And we've talked about why that would be a problem on other shows. You need to have choice. And the hospital is not the place where you want to go ahead and get your care, except when you really have to get it. And if the only place to get your care is going to be in the hospital, it's going to really stink. So you you want private practice medicine to thrive. Everything that's being done right now with a government f- fingerprints on it is geared to putting private practice healthcare out of business. You need to understand that, whether it's the uh, uh, electronic medical record, whether it's um, uh, the regul- regulations that have given um, hospitals an advantage over over um, independent doctors. And this is another area where they are trying to put private practice out of business. So what are they trying to do maybe to mitigate that, to, to keep that from happening? Well, they're trying to say that you can, uh, that insurance companies um, need to um, pay doctors who are out of network um, a, a fee that would be um, equal to what the average fee in that area would be. And so that surgeon, let's just make, say, for example, that surgeon is, um, you know, he is charging $2,000 for the operation. But let's say the insurance company who are lowballing the, the, the market because they get the worst of the worst in their plan, um, they're paying the, the surgeons in their network $700 for an appendectomy. Well, what this these government plans to try to prevent surprise medical billing are all about is compelling the independent doctor who went, said to the insurance company, you're paying me $700 for an appendectomy? Uh-uh, no way. I'm, I'm just not interested in signing a contract with you at those rates. I can't keep my doors open. I can't pay my overhead for those rates. They're compelling these doctors to take that amount of money and, um, and, and, uh, and, and uh, be happy with it. And the doctors have no choice because if you are – um, a doctor who has medical staff privileges, you're compelled to take um, call. And if you have a patient who comes in who has, let's just say, for example, and I'm just using this as an example, let's just say they have United Healthcare Insurance and you are not on the United Healthcare plan. And the emergency call comes in and they say, we've got a patient for you, doctor, and you've got to take care of this patient. I'm not permitted to, to ask what insurance they have. That's against the law. That's the MTALA law that compels me as a doctor. It compels me by law to take care of 
the emergency room patient that comes in. So now we have the heavy hand of government and the insurance company working cahoots to compel me to give my services at whatever rate they choose to pay me. And I'm going to finish up on this when we get back in the last segment. Stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. So we're finishing up today in the Doctor's Lounge on a very complicated topic, a very sensitive topic, a very emotional topic, because health care costs are high. And you are seeing these costs go up. Part of the problem is the insurance companies are discovering new ways to screw you. And the government, instead of holding their feet to the fire, are participating in allowing them to continue these practices. There have been some some proposals to try to um, to solve this problem without giving the insurance companies this carte blanche, this open ticket to be able to tell doctors, you know what, thank you for doing that appendectomy. Here's your 250 bucks. Go home and be happy. And there's no recourse to this. There's, in the House bill, they don't want to allow any kind of uh, um, dispute uh, management to be part of this. In the Senate bill, they're talking about arbitration, which is ridiculous for these small amounts of money. It's one thing if you're having arbitration over over $50,000, but if you're talking about a couple of thousand dollars, the cost of the arbitration exceeds the bill itself. So nobody's going to bother with all of this. So this is this is all well and good, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so I really think that if they want to fix the medical issues of surprise billing, price transparency. The, the, the people in Washington are talking to the wrong people. They are talking to the people who are 
responsible for this problem. It's like talking to the the uh, the foxes about how to secure the hen house. It's really a a uh, a big problem that needs to be addressed in in the proper fashion. Um, the uh, the best way to fix this problem would be first of all to have price transparency and you know i i have been um an advocate for this even though it may hurt my practice because our medical practice is actually a large practice and we have the advantage of being able to have um some uh size um uh advantage in the marketplace when it comes to getting certain rates from insurers and so having having open access of fees would potentially um, hurt us however I think in the long run it would help and I and I, and so even though there are pros and cons to this I think that the pros greatly outweigh the cons to open up the marketplace and let people, become good consumers and shop. And so I really think that um, if you allow for price transparency, then then you can compare apples and apples to some extent. Some doctors may have higher prices, charges than others. Like I said, some of the doctors in these narrow networks are really very marginal, and they may have very poor uh, care. So another part of the this this metric this matrix is going to be to have quality data as part of this. Whether or not doctors have malpractice cases pending against them, and this opens up a whole nother can of worms because you can have frivolous malpractice cases. I recognize that, but. And outcomes are very, very difficult to measure because who is doing the measuring and what are the metrics that you're using to create um, these outcome measurements, it's very, very difficult. I think that the very first step, though, is to um, work on a system where you can try to hold the insurance company's feet to the fire by preventing them from denials. And they're denying people who are out of network because it's costing them money. Forget about the fact that insurance companies have made record profits over the last five years. The um, And they're not willing to, you know, to give an inch. But I do think that if you were able to um, hold their feet to the fire – by preventing out-of-network denials and letting any willing provider take care of patients who have insurance. And then those doctors are guaranteed to be paid at a rate that was um, competitive and reasonable, not the low-ball rate that the insurer wants to pay, but some um, multiple of Medicare, if you want to use Medicare as the benchmark, and many doctors who negotiate contracts with payers use Medicare as the benchmark in their um, negotiating contracts that will pay them one hundred and 
50% of Medicare or 175% of Medicare rates. And Medicare rates, as you may remember us talking about this on this show, tend to be about 60% of what the commercial rates are. So by by um, paying doctors at a at a rate that would be um, uh, consistent with the average commercial rate, like one and a half, one point seven of Medicare, um, and that would be the floor, or two times Medicare, or three times Medicare. The higher you um, uh, pay doctors a multiple of Medicare the more likely the insurers are to come to the table to negotiate with all doctors at a rate that's reasonable that everybody can live with. But you've got to be able to make patients feel comfortable that if they've got insurance, that their insurer is going to pay the doctor who takes care of them regardless of whether or not they are in the network or not. And that's where the work towards this should go to, and the rate that's paid to doctors should be some amount of money that will allow doctors to continue to take patients in the emergency room, that will continue to allow them to stay in business. Otherwise, what we're going to see is what we're... um, facing right now, which is a critical emergency room doctor shortage, and it's going to only get worse if doctors are going to be paid cut rate fees for the work that they do. Let me just give you one example about that. There are many emergency rooms in Atlanta where I practice which don't even have certain specialties covered. And so if a patient comes into that emergency room with a certain problem that's going to require the services of a certain specialist, there that specialty may not even be covered. And you don't know that. They don't have a sign outside the, the emergency room saying, these services covered today, that you just don't know that. And so what that results in is in many instances wasting valuable time that can potentially put your health at risk if you wind up in one of these emergency rooms without those the services of one of those specialists. Well, if this plan goes into effect and compels doctors to uh, obligates them to see patients at the rates that the insurance companies, decide to pay, it takes away the bargaining position of doctors and something's going to give. And it's not going to be the doctors saying, okay, I'll take uh, 30% of what I'm used to receiving from other payers. It's going to be that they're just not going to be taking call in the emergency rooms anymore. And uh, this is not what we want to see happen. So this is this is um, the big problem that you're seeing right now out there with this topic of surprise uh, medical billing, and you need to understand that there's, this is a, a very complex issue. It's more than just people receiving bills from doctors who are charging too much money. 
this is a uh, an insurance company problem, not a doctor problem. So, uh, you know, this is something that I think that most people do not know about, and uh, and I and I hope that uh, that you will uh, be more informed about this and be able to ask the right questions at uh, forums um, that you have with your elected officials so that you can uh, um, show them that you know more than they do about this. Um, So we are coming up towards the end of our show, and uh, we've got uh, some some uh, good shows in the hopper that uh, that we will have in the upcoming weeks. I want to remind everybody about Facebook. Um, our I'm told that our uh, podcasts are the most distributed podcasts in the country. And uh, thank you all for being part of this. And you've helped to make us um, what we are. And I really think that uh, um, there's um, a uh, opportunity to uh, do better by having you participate in these podcasts and asking questions during the live shows. So go to the Facebook uh, page for the America's Web Radio site and uh plan to be part of this in upcoming uh, um, in upcoming uh, uh, shows. Um, I'm uh, going to be uh, having uh, Lee Gross in, uh, in a few weeks who will come on and talk about some of the uh, um, uh, advances in Florida, specifically the uh, Certificate of Need laws, which were overturned, woohoo, one of the first uh, states in a long time to actually successfully address this and, uh, and, uh, and work on this. And, and, uh, and hopefully this is going to be the first domino to fall. So thanks for being with us, and I look forward to having you back here next show on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.